Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee. This is Wisconsin's Morning News. In for Vince Petrano, here's Eric Bilstad. Vince is in New York. His daughter, part of the Greendale Marching Band, she's marching with them tomorrow in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. He joined us earlier, Michelle, and he said that all so all all's well so far. Everything is going well in New York, and we should see them on one of the network shows tonight. Being NBC, NBC yeah. is the one to watch. They've been following the band around. So yeah, and you got family in the marching band too. I do. So My cool. niece Bryn is in the color guard, so we'll be keeping an eye out for her. Eric Bill said, along with Michelle Richards, sixty years ago today. This is Walter Cron guide in our newsroom and. There has been an attempt, as perhaps you know now, on the life of President Kennedy. John F. Kennedy shot in Dallas. From Dallas, Texas, the flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, some 38 minutes ago. Vice President Lyndon Johnson has left the hospital in uh, Dallas, but we do not know uh, to where he has proceeded. Uh, Presumably, he will be taking the oath of office shortly and become uh, the 36th president of the United States. An emotional Walter Cronkite 60 years ago when John F. Kennedy was assassinated in Texas. Uh, There's one guy who comes to mind immediately. When I think of JFK, and I know you thought of him, too, Absolutely. Uh, when we knew that uh, this day was coming where we'd have this anniversary. And he joins us now on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline. It is former WDTMJ host Gene Miller. Happy Thanksgiving, my friend. Back at you guys. Thanks for having me on. So you've been there, right? You've been to the plaza. You've seen what this place looks like up close. Yes, I did. Uh, part of our baseball trip with my family and my son that we do every year. Uh, we went down to Dallas, and uh, Nerdy Dad took the whole family to Dealey Plaza, and we did the Sixth Floor Museum and, and all that. And, um, you know, it really was kind of a, a closure for me because I'm a JFK nerd, especially with the assassination. I'm admitted, <laughs> you know, part of admitting an addiction is admitting you have an addiction and, and <laughs> right. acknowledging it. And that, you know, so, so I am that aware. But, uh, yeah, it's just after you see it all those years, for, for those of us who, who grew up with this, uh, you you realize how tiny the actual place is and and how intimate it was and I've never fired a gun in my life but I don't think it would be that hard of a shot from where you know the window was to where Kennedy was in the limousine. One of the things that fascinates me, Gene, is that sixty years later we still don't know why. Yeah, that died with Oswald when Ruby shot him on that Sunday, two days after Kennedy's assassination. Lee Harvey Oswald never went to trial, and that's left history to speculate and in some cases to go off on these bizarre conspiracy theories and tangents that really have a hard time holding up when you look at them in in their enormity and complexity. And simply, you know, Oswald was a a bad actor, a bad husband, a liar, a guy who had a taste for blood, who tried to kill somebody before he fired a Kennedy, tried to kill a conservative uh, leader in in Dallas like that April, uh, but missed. He used the same gun he used on Kennedy. Uh, He he beat his wife. He fought in the Marines and got uh, discharged early. Um, He came from a troubled past. And Nobody really knows why he did what he did. Uh, he was trying to reconcile with his wife the night before the assassination, and there's a school of thought that said 
If she had said, yeah, okay, let's get back together, none of this would have happened. Instead, she said no, and he got his gun out of the garage and went to work the next day. Gene Miller joining us on Wisconsin's Morning News. 60 years since the JFK assassination. I guess one of the questions that I've always had over the years, Gene, is that why... Why can we not just get all the information? Like, even this year, they've released a little bit more, but some of it was redacted. Why, after 60 years, can they not just tell us everything that they investigated and what we know? Well, I, I go back to, you know, even if they did, if if Biden said, you know, this afternoon, okay, open up the, the locks, let it all out, there's still going to be that group out there that is not going to think they're seeing everything. Sure. They're always going to find one more document or one more, yeah, but what about this? Because that's just the way the conspiracy mind works. We're, we're seeing it, you know, in, in other events since 1963. So the, the thing is, you got to remember the context in which this happened. It was the Cold War. We in Moscow, not unlike today, are, we're at odds. And uh, back then, I mean, there was stuff going on with Cuba that the CIA didn't want out. So once Kennedy dies and all these agencies are being investigated as, as part of that, they're in a massive, pardon my French, cover your ass operation. It's not so much that they wanted to keep whatever they knew about Kennedy quiet. They had to protect operatives in other countries. At that time, we didn't know that the U.S. was trying to kill Fidel Castro in, in Cuba on several occasions. Uh, we didn't know it the stuff that the CIA was doing in other countries. So it was like if you tugged at that JFK thread to figure out what happened there, you're going to unloose the whole fabric of our operations around the world. And for obvious reasons, the government at that time didn't want that out. Uh, and to this day, I think they're still trying to protect a few of the things that we were doing that may have been a little unsavory back in the early 1960s. Did you ever buy into any of those conspiracy theories or dig deeper Oh, yeah. I was all in in, the, uh, or in my teenage and college years. We had a professor at UW-Stevens Point, David Rohn, who was a, a nationally known uh, Warren Commission critic, and, and I got to know him really well. And we saw the Zapruder film for the first time on a bed sheet in a, in a college classroom because <laughs> yeah, nice. it, was, it was still bootleg back mm-hmm. then. You know, you could... It didn't get shown until like 1965 on Good Night America with Geraldo Rivera before it was. And when you see it the first time, it's like, oh, my God, yeah, there's no way this, this played out the way they told it to us. And then you do the you do the heavy lifting. You do a lot of boring, wonky reading and wade through books like uh, Case Closed by Gerald Posner and Vincent Bugliosi's. Uh, it's like a five-pound book where he just debunks everything. And you go, yeah, you know, this only could happen one way. It's a it's an awful coincidence, and it just happened to work for a guy who never had done anything in his life right up until that moment. Lee Harvey Oswald, uh, everything worked for him that day in in those awful six seconds, and he set out for the first time in his life to do what he wanted to do, and he did it. I often wonder, Gene, what what would be different now if the Zapruder film did not exist? Boy, you can only wonder because as as clear as it lays everything out so many people project what they want to see onto it um you know it's um if you didn't have that i I can only imagine you probably have twice as many books and and this conspiracy industry which it is it is an industry that makes a lot of money it would only be larger to the point where they might be trading stock on the new york stock exchange because then yeah you could just think whatever you thought and that's a lot of what happened right after kennedy died you didn't see the zapruder film so people initially bought what the warren commission said and then once the zapruder film came out and 
the conspiracy buffs could project, you know, the back and to the left thing with Kennedy's reaction to the fatal shot and so many other things uh, that you can put onto the film, uh, that just accelerated the doubt and, and the theories, the volume of theories that you got. WTMJ host Gene Miller joining us as we mark 60 years since JFK. We didn't even get into Jack Ruby. Next time, Gene. Next time. <laughs> I could go on for days. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, my friend. What do you got planned this week? Up to my sisters in Sheboygan, eating a lot of turkey, watching a lot of football. Go, Paco. Absolutely, man. Hey, uh, say hello to the family. Thanks again. Back at you. Take care, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. 822 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Wisconsin's Morning News with Vince Vetrano, Eric Bilstead, along with Michelle Richards. All morning long, producer Greg Pancake Hill has been playing Thanksgiving Day-themed music. So we have the whole playlist. If you'd like it, just text the word turkey to the old National Bank Talk and text line 855-616-1620. He'll send it back to you. Some good ones in there. Also, still taking suggestions, right, Greg, until the end of the show. So Always. There's one that you think you need to hear, Thanksgiving Day theme. That could mean a lot of different things. Uh, by the way, speaking of Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving from all of us here at WTMJ. We will have programming tomorrow. Gather the family, enjoy our Heiser Automotive Day of Programming on Thanksgiving. We do have Wisconsin Morning News tomorrow. Sandy Max is going to headline the, uh, the program tomorrow morning. And then, of course, we have Green Bay Game Day pregame because we have the Packers playing tomorrow. So we will have Green Bay Game Day pregame and then, of course, postgame following the final whistle. So lots going on tomorrow. Enjoy our Thanksgiving Day programming right here on WTMJ presented by Heiser Automotive. One of the breaking stories, Michelle, from overnight was that a deal is now done, or at least it appears. And there's nothing to suggest it's not going to happen. Israel and Hamas have agreed to a deal that would release some of the hundreds of hostages that are currently being held in Gaza in exchange for a pause in the fighting there. So under the terms of the agreement, some 50 hostages will be freed from Gaza. That includes 30 children and some women and also would include some Americans. Israel will also release 150 Palestinians who are being held in Israeli prisons there will also be a ceasefire. The exchange is set to happen over the course of a four-day pause in the hostilities, the first in over six weeks. Hamas says the ceasefire will allow hundreds of trucks of humanitarian relief, medical aid, and fuel to enter most parts of the Gaza Strip amid a deepening humanitarian crisis there. ABC's Marcus Moore. A couple of interesting little nuggets here. First off, Politico has an interesting story about how the Pentagon and the White House still would like to know how this is going to end. Meaning, what's the end game for Israel? What does Benjamin Netanyahu want to do with all of this? They clearly know that the fighting isn't going to end once the ceasefire comes to a completion. But they also want to know what the plan is going to be once they root out Hamas. What happens then in Gaza? What do you do? I mean, there's wreckage. There's been civilians killed. There's a lot that's going to have to be repaired, for lack of a better term, to help that stretch of land continue to thrive once again, if it can actually do that. Netanyahu making clear that a temporary truce does not mean the war will stop, saying Israel will continue the war until they eliminate Hamas and bring all of the hostages home. For weeks, families have been demanding that the Israeli government prioritize the return of hostages. Outside the Israeli war cabinet building last night, loved ones waited in agony as Israeli officials debated the deal for hours. So right now, there are families waiting. CNN's been on this this morning. Families waiting to hear if one of their loved ones will be released. It's supposed to start sometime tomorrow morning. 
and it wouldn't be all at once. It wouldn't be like, oh, here comes, you know, however many hostages. It'll be some at a time as they go through this process, it appears. Right, and they have to locate the hostages because they're not right. all being held in one facility. They're like in a tunnel over here and in somebody's right. house over here. And one thing to pay attention to now also, Politico is getting into this, is that obviously more aid is going to be brought in during the ceasefire, which is oh so very important. But also you're going to see more journalists in Gaza now. So be prepared for what that might look like, too, as far as some of the wreckage, some of the, the death toll and whatnot. So then there will have to be another push for the public opinion on this one. If some of that video and pictures come back from Gaza and look pretty rough, Israel will also have to be doing the, the strategy of the PR campaign again to say, hey, look, here's why we're doing this. Here's what happened. Here's why we need to get rid of Hamas. So this story, far from over, but at least a good start, we'll see at least 50 hostages released from Gaza in the coming days. 829 headlines next. And here I'm about to tell you why. It's strictly on account of mine. Wisconsin's Morning News with Vince Vetrano. Vince is in New York. Eric Bilstead here along with Michelle Richards. Do not forget. This is a good one, Greg. I like that one. Greg Pancake Hill has been uh, producing the show with Thanksgiving Day-esque music. You can get the whole set list. Just text the word turkey to the old National Bank talk and text line 855-616-1620. Eric, we all know that Thanksgiving dinner... Meal preparations, cleaning the house, getting ready for the big day. It's a lot of work, right? I don't know what you're talking about. It's, it's easy. Yeah, Angie does it all right. <laughs> or you go to your parents' house. There you go. Uh, yeah, so a woman in North Carolina has solved this problem with her family, at okay. least. She's got two older sisters, two younger brothers, and over the years she just kind of noticed that you know, the women were doing all the cooking and the men were doing all the cleaning and the work just wasn't very equal. So they they decided to host a Thanksgiving draft when it comes to all of that work. So cranberry sauce or cranberry dish is one point. The turkey is three points. You can opt for cleaning if you <laughs> don't want to cook. Okay, that'd be where I would probably end up. And everybody has to have a total of eight points. All right, so does she say, like, how much drying dishes or wiping the table or... She's got a whole list here. I like that. Okay, so eight points. So if you do the turkey, though, you're not even halfway home yet. No, that seems like a lot of work to me, too. Hmm. I like that. We For our kids, I think... I'm trying to remember how their grandmother does it. I think it's they have to dry at least their age in dishes. <laughs> I think that's how it goes. Okay. Or at least half if you're if they're double digit. I can't remember how it works. She's got the algorithm down. I don't okay. have to worry about that. Well, as long as you have a system and you make it work. And, yeah. and she says, this is how my siblings and I don't kill each other on Thanksgiving. <laughs> so where would you go? What would you draft? Oh, I would be cooking. Not the turkey. Turkey intimidates me. But I'm, I'm up for the sides. Okay. I'll do that. I'll do some sweet potatoes. I'd be cleaning person, okay. so that's that's where I'd get all my points. Maybe the flex kitchen. She's got this unique position called the flex kitchen, where it's just a person stands in the kitchen for an hour and just kind of puts out whatever fire needs to be put out and helps, you know, unload the dishwasher or if you need somebody to Ooh, grab the milk. I or, could do that. There you go. I could be that. I could delegate. Yeah, you get a special <laughs> apron if you're that person. By the way, if all you're right. like in charge of the kitchen. Hey, that's not bad. That's not bad, a chore draft, if you will, for Thanksgiving. Hey, coming up next on Wisconsin's Morning News, I know we got to get the traffic here with Debbie. Uh, a very unique story about a, a local teenager. You're going to love this story, and you're going to root for him here. It's going to make you smile on this Thanksgiving Day holiday. That story next. <laughs>
Wisconsin's Morning News with Vince Vitrano, Eric Bilstad, along with Michelle Richards. Debbie Lazga's got your roads. Greg Pancake Hill producing the big show today. Well, I'm very thankful for our next guest, Michelle. Joining us in studio is a very unique, very special 15-year-old who is about to head to Thailand. And why would he be doing that? He's competing with Team USA. We are joined by Gianni Quintero, a 15-year-old sophomore from Marquette University High School. Hi, Gianni. Hello. Good morning. Thanks for coming in. No problem. So you are a track star. Is that right? Yes, indeed. You have uh, done well on state, right? Champion, right? State champion? Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. What are your distances? Um, favorite distances is the 800 and the 400. Uh, otherwise, I do the 100, 200, and 1500. So what makes you a little bit unique than what someone might be thinking is that when you are on the track and when you are blowing away records and now planning to go to Thailand, you're doing it in a wheelchair. Yep. Why is that? Um, I have a paralysis in my left leg caused from a like virus. It was it was kind of like I got like a really really bad cold almost, and it kind of like messed with the nervous system in my leg, kind of like just paralyzed it. It's it's really weird to explain, but. That's okay. pretty much what it is. So paralyzed in one of your legs. Yep. So, but you get around pretty good, right? Yep. Um, right leg still works, so I can use that to move around. Been in a wheelchair for years now, so I mean, I can get around pretty fast in that. And then um, crutches too. I mean, yeah. But somehow, all of a sudden, you've become this amazing track star, which is a is a fairly new development, right? Yep. I started track at least year and a half ago almost this is pretty much like my second year doing it which is crazy to think about in the first place yeah how'd you get into track so how i got into track was i i also play wheelchair basketball and my basketball coach had we were doing a demo down by Summerfest, you know demoing wheelchair basketball and the person that helps my basketball coach be able to run it is with a different organization that has track, and they pretty much talked to my coach, and she was like, you should think about doing track. And at first, I was like, I, I don't know. I, I didn't even know that track was really a sport. I just knew that track was a thing. Didn't know that it was a sport that people do. And I wasn't very interested in it at first, but then when I kind of got in the chair and I started moving, I'm like, okay, this is this might be something that I like. <laughs> yeah. Jenny well, joins us from Marquette University High School. And you were School. really fast, right? Like you, yeah. you just weren't like to, you know making your way slowly around the track. Like your coaches noticed, like, hey, this kid's got something. Yeah, I, I don't know what it was. I mean, I was, I'm pretty fast for basketball. And I think that's kind of what set the the kind of like thing to do track was they saw me on the court and I was moving at high speeds almost, and they were like. Yeah, you should try out for track, and I guess I look good at it. So. <laughs> Something worked there. Yep. So, Tila, when you first learned that your son was going to be paralyzed uh, in one leg, how did that affect you? How did What was that like for the family? Um, it was kind of heartbreaking. Well, I wouldn't even say kind of. It was heartbreaking. Um, just to know that your son wouldn't be able to walk like everybody else, you know, and be able to play like everybody else. Yeah. So. You're just sitting there and you're like, okay, so what can my son do? And 
it was a few months of like torture for us because we had a newborn at home also and you know trying to carry gianni around and try to carry the newborn around at the same time was you know it was a different lifestyle we had to completely change everything around in our house and uh we learned together and it was gianni's motivation that kept us pushing you know you can't cry about it you can't do anything because my son's not crying about it so i can't cry about it and so we just had to keep going, and he was the one who just kept us going. He still does to this day, you know, just that motivation that he has inside of us just pushes all of us. So let me ask you this. So clearly, and I want to ask you about Thailand here, too. Clearly, you're good, right? Clearly, you're yeah. fast, and there's some strong goals that you're looking for that sound achievable, which is awesome. But when did you, Tila, realize that, hey, you know what? He's pretty special at this, at this trek thing. When he started shedding like 15, 30 seconds every track meet last year at Marquette, we're like, okay, I think he's going places. I think he can do this, you know. Um, But I think ultimately it was the state championship that we're like, okay, let's push him further. And then nationals where he topped in top three um, in pretty much every event except for one because of a wheelchair malfunction. Mm. But other than that, this kid has just been soaring. So it's it's been great to watch. I love watching him. I love cheering him on. And so do his sisters. They love watching and cheering him on, too. And now you all are leaving for Thailand on Tuesday to participate yeah. in the World Ability Sports Games. How did you get to be on Team USA? Um, So it was right after Nationals, like, what is it, like a few days after we got back almost? And I, me and my mom got an email. I'm pretty sure she got an email too. And it was for an application for Team USA Worlds. And we were like, we're going to sign up. And we signed up and it took a while to hear like what it was. But at first, like, I, because they take top 22, I made. 26 at first and then i was like well i mean I, I i can't just give up so i said i emailed the person back i'm like i'm gonna stay on this wait list see what happens yeah and then what is it like weeks later five days almost, later yeah felt like seems like weeks yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 felt like a while um i get an email back saying that i was accepted that you know enough people dropped out that i was going to be able to go and it just made me super excited, like very excited. I remember went to him my walking. parents' room right away. Yeah. Yeah, I was... <laughs> he hopped right out of his room and straight to me. He's like, I'm going to Thailand. Didn't matter if I was on a work call. He's just like, I'm going to Thailand. <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. And you're with Team USA now, and you guys got the uh, the nice threads on, so they, yep. they treat you nice. And by the way, so like this isn't an easy investment to go to Thailand. I know that it costs you guys, the family, money for this. If you guys are interested in more details on this, just text the word TRACK. We have a link to your GoFundMe and some more details about you. Just text the word TRACK to the Old National Bank Talking Text Line, 855-616-1620. TRACK, T-R-A-C-K. Okay, so you go to Thailand. You leave on Tuesday. Your ultimate goal is to get to... I want to get to the Paralympics, whether that be track or basketball or what I really want, uh, both, meaning it'd have to be a lot of hard work, which we're already putting a lot of work in for track right now, trying to train for Thailand because 
I, uh, I, t- I took a little bit of a break after Nationals. What? what? And then, like, a break? The? I got back into the chair, and it was it was very weird because I'm, like, not ready. And so I've been training a lot for it. feel pretty good now. Times are almost back to where they are, probably, like, a second, maybe second and a half off. So you could learn, though, when you're over there, whether or not you'd make it to Paralympics. Is that right, for track? Yep. yep. So I'm pretty sure if it's. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, tryout. Um, so if I, if I medal high in any of the races, they can, they could pretty much send me an invite from that. Right. But you got to like medal. It ba- it's based on time. Yeah. yeah. So you have to have higher yeah. time. It should so. be based on character too. Right. You know? Yeah. He's, <laughs> yeah. He's got pretty good times. Like comparing his times to some of these Paralympic athletes over the years in his, uh, division, he's a T54, um, they're pretty close, yeah. like just seconds off. But I don't know if any of you guys have ran track or anything, but it's kind of hard to push that fast. Oh, yeah. But I think he can do it. <laughs> His name is Gianna Quintero. He's 15 years old, paralyzed in one leg, but that don't matter. You're heading to Thailand and you're going for the Paralympics. We can't root, you know, we're so happy for you. We're very proud of you. Thanks for showing Milwaukee the way. Thanks for showing Marquette yeah. University High School the way. And go get it, man. Go get it. Um, if you would like more details and if you want to check out their GoFundMe, you can do so. Just text the word track 855-616-1620. Text the word track to the old National Bank Talk and text line. Tila, Gianni, happy Thanksgiving. Good luck. Happy Thanksgiving. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios. This is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. What's this stuff you cooking? Now that meat and no potatoes are just seen right there like a green Oh, I can't wait. Tomatoes. One of my favorite holidays. I love Cannot the variety wait. that Greg has put together in his playlist. Right? It's everything. As Greg always likes to do, and he's so good at it too, by the way, put together a little playlist for today in honor of Thanksgiving. If you'd like to see it, just text the word turkey to the old National Bank Talk and text line 855-616-1620. By the way, I should mention, because we've had a couple of people text about Gianni Quintero, who just joined us, the track star from Marquette University High School, who's paralyzed in one leg. He's on his way to Thailand next week to compete in the world's ability sport games. He's hoping to get to the Paralympics someday. A couple of people texting, asking again how to see his GoFundMe page and all that stuff. Just text the word track if you'd like to see that. Track, because he runs track. Old National Bank talking text line 855-616-1620. I am so, so, so very thankful for all of you. Michelle, I am thankful for you. Brandon Snyde, Adam Roberts, Debbie Lasga, and of course, Greg Pancake Hill, my guy. Vince Vetrano is back Monday. Vince will be along the parade route. So when you're watching the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade tomorrow looking for Greendale, just think of Vince, the most proudest of all the proudest dads along the route, will be Mr. Vetrano. I guarantee it. Thank you, Michelle. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. 8.59. Bel Air Cantina will open a new location in the Greenville.